I love action scenes in my movies. I love action scenes in the books that I read. I really like writing action scenes. And one of the reasons for that, especially in a lot of the genres that I enjoy, is the violence is metaphorical of the arguments that's going on between the characters, but instead of having them rehash moralistic words back and forth, we actually see that played out through the physical actions of the characters. But living as we do in an age of violence, am I just adding to the problem if I continue writing violent scenes? Let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love. And yeah, today's gonna be one of those deep dive, am I wrong about everything that I love to do episodes that I like to do so much. <laughs> I don't really like to do them, but it's kind of the thing that's on my mind and it might be on yours too, or if not, maybe this will give you some food for thought. Yeah. So, before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. Let's try that again. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we actually communicate in real life. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. Alrighty violence. Now, we've talked about violence several times on the show, and if you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly recommend that you go back and take a listen to them, because not to toot my own horn, I think they're pretty good. And one of the things that we have done is adopted the definition of violence as the removal of agency from an individual through threat or force. That is what constitutes violence. Now, this is important because, not to put too fine a point on it, this changes the definition so that any, you know, wrestling or sparring between friends is technically not violence because both have consented to the arrangement and neither one is having their agency removed from them. In all technicality, so long as both parties are willing participants in the event, boxing and other type events would not be considered violence under this particular definition. Though, and this is where we come into a problem here, most people would see boxing as violent. Because violence, to the majority of people, is seen as the use of force or the ex excessive use of force, depending on who you're talking to. So anytime fisticuffs occur, they would consider that violence. There are also those that would consider BDSM violence, even when it is entered into by two consenting adults who 
have agreed to the parameters of the engagement and have agency in that there is a word or phrase that can be uttered at any point to stop the encounter. Which only goes on to prove that agency itself has not been removed in these situations. Therefore, technically, under the definition we've been operating under, it is not violence. Okay. (laughs) Given these three definitions, the one that we have chosen to use because it allows us to look at a lot of situations as violent that normally would not be considered violent, an argument could be made that that same definition is employed to render nonviolent certain activities that would be considered violent. For example, and I am probably going to do an entire episode on this at some point, I've been wanting to do it for a while. It's just being able to put all the pieces together in the way that I like has been a little bit tricky. But I would argue that for the most part, John Wick, the titular theme care main character in the John Wick franchise is a non-violent actor. If you actually pay attention to the story, he offers an out to every situation he is put in. He only applies force after it is chosen by the other party. Now, you could argue that the other party is constantly applying violence to him because they are taking away his agency, at least through the second and third film. Now, having said that, there's a lot to unpack there, and that's why it deserves its own episode and why I've really wanted to spend time with it. But I wanted to bring it up in this one because it shows the conundrum that we get put in. If we are accepting the, ter- the definition of violence, as we have used it in previous episodes, then if both sides willingly engage in the act of force, agency has not been removed from either one of them, therefore the actions are not violent which is different from saying non-violent. And just so you know, non-violent would cause no harm. Not violent under this definition would still be allowed to cause harm, but through the mutual agency of all actors involved. Now, the reason I bring this up is I am a huge fan of wuxia fiction and have written using a lot of stylistic elements from that genre in my fiction in the past, and I'm actually planning on doing that for some of the work that I have going forward. Wuxia, if you're not familiar with it, well, you probably are, you just may not have ever heard that term. Wuxia is the genre that such movies as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, House of Flying Daggers, um, Hero, uh, Iron Monkey, uh, There's actually quite a few that would come in here. I'm just trying. The Legend of the Condor Heroes. The um, uh, Once Upon a Time in China movies. There there are a lot of films that come into the genre because it's a very popular genre in China and Hong Kong. And Taiwan. So, 
it has certain rules. And up, up, hmm. within those rules is the idea of the Zhenghu or the Wu Lin. These two words, which can often be used interchangeably, um, Zhenghu means the river lake, and Wu Lin means the martial forest. Both of these refer to the martial arts underground, where people have tacitly agreed to live by a certain code of ethics. And that's a whole other topic that we can talk about and probably will as I talk more about the world building and the setting that I'm doing. But one of those is the ability to be challenged to a duel and to show your prowess at any time. Technically, under the definition that we have employed for violence in this series, no, nothing that happened, well, very few things that happen within the Wu Lin could be considered violence. So, the, for example, if you've seen Crouching Tiger, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons, the actions of Jade Fox would be considered violent, but the acts of Li Mu Bai and Xu Lian would not. And this is actually pointed out in the story itself in that Jade Fox is a heretic. She is someone who does not practice the actual code that people within the Wulin are expected to practice. Okay. The reason I bring all of this up is, like I said in the intro, I like writing action scenes. I love reading action scenes. I love watching action scenes. This is a style of fiction that I rather enjoy. I have had some we some moral misgivings lately about whether or not participating in this type of fiction is in and of itself problematic. And what I'm hoping to do through talking it out with you in this episode is not so much to justify my continued use of the style and well <laughs> the use of action scenes in my fiction but to try to come to some kind of a place where we understand exactly how that interacts with the world around us. Because that is the real question, isn't it? We are living in an exceedingly violent world. There are gun massacres all the time. School shootings are rampant. Mass shootings happen way too often. And of course, so much attention is put on whether it's violent video games, violent movies, dot, 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 instead of, of course, where the actual problem is in our society. And I probably put that blame in a place other than where you think. This is probably the part of the podcast where you're expecting me to start going off about guns. While I do think that there is a problem with the ubiquity and easy access to weapons of mass destruction for the average person, especially without things like a waiting period or maybe even some kind of testing to prove that somebody should be able to have one. I mean, you can't drive a car without a license. That's not actually the issue that I think is the big cornerstone in our society. The actual thing that's causing the problem. There have been numerous studies that have shown that violent video games and violent cinema and violent fiction, well, they don't add to a culture of violence. They don't actually make people violent. 
In fact, there is there are some studies out there that show that it may be cathartic in some ways, depending on how the fiction is done. In, I believe it's Sweden, they have what is generally referred to as American Murder Week. It's often the spring break, which occurs around the time of Easter, where the sales of novels, the viewing of movies and television series about true crime events in the United States spikes in their country. And you actually see a dramatic drop in the crime rate during this period. Now, that's not proof that this material is actually cathartic, because proof when dealing with sociology is a lot harder to come by. But I think you can just look at the relative violence in countries like Japan, China, and Korea, South Korea in particular, and look at the media that is very popular there and the rates of violence in those countries. It's not something unique to the medium. Violent content does not make violent people, though if written in an incendiary manner can inspire violence, but that's a whole other topic than what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about writing a political screed about why terrorism is good like Ben Shapiro did. I am talking about just writing an action story, you know, where there's fighting and dueling and all that stuff that's kind of fun, at least for people like me to read, write, and enjoy. So where is the actual problem? I would posit that the problem in our society is actually twofold. One is a basic lack of compassion that has kind of been bled out of us, and it's brother-sister-sibling problem of partisanship. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not actually talking about Republican-Democrat or even liberal-conservative. I'm talking about basic partisanship. This is something that has become rooted in American society and causes the vast majority of the problems that we have. Think about it. It could be team partisanship for whatever sports ball event is currently going on. The team wins, there's a riot in town. The team loses, there's a riot in town. Two people who support opposing teams are at a bar together and a brawl breaks out. These are events that actually happen and are just considered part of our culture. And it's not the sports ball's fault, it's not the teams themselves. It's the hyper-partisanship that has bled throughout our communities, throughout our society. It's a basic cultural problem to the point where if somebody likes the Star Wars prequels, while well, other people who don't like the Star Wars prequels feel that those people need to be destroyed and shown how they are irrevocably wrong because people aren't entitled to their own taste. And they may like those movies for reasons completely beyond why others dislike them. But that doesn't matter. That's not part of the discourse. Oh wait, I've used that word. It's a word that we use a lot today, the discourse. But it's a thing that we don't do anymore. We talk at each other instead of to each other. And that's the real source of the problem. It's the partisanship that breeds the violence. It's the idea that my team is the only one that deserves to win. My team is the only one that is right, good, honorable, and just. 
And that innate partisanship is what tears us apart. And if you look at a lot of the violence that's been going on from Elliot Rogers to some of the horrible shootings that have happened in Texas, it's very much this us them. It's men versus women. It's native born versus immigrant. It's white versus pick the racial group du jour that people don't like currently in that situation. Be it African Americans and or Jews or Mexicans and Latinos in general. It's, it's a problem because it's the partisanship. It's the my team is the good team. Your team is the bad team that I believe is truly at the root of the problem. We have no evidence, like I've said before, that violent media actually feeds into this in any way, shape, or form, unless that violent media is propagandistic in its portrayal of the violence to support such partisanship that people wish to engage in similar activities, like with the Turner Diaries and the many bombings that have come as a result of them. So, so as long as there's not a hyper-partisan nature to the fiction that's being written, and it's not being written for propagandistic purposes, does that make it okay? Does that make it better? See, this is the problem that we face when we start judging exactly how we should be creating the work that we're doing. See, I am not a big fan of conflict for conflict's sake. And I'm not a big fan of people solving their problems via, you know, fisticuffs. I, I don't think it really solves anything, no matter how that macho man that you know says otherwise fisticuffs are just that. They're fisticuffs. They're fights. And whether or not some words are exchanged during the fisticuffs that do, in fact, bring an end to the violence, or whether or not one person just gives up because they have had their agency removed through the act of violence, that doesn't really solve the problem. It just kind of creates new ones, because that's what violence does. So, many authors and creatives are using their platforms now to show the ramifications of the violence, and I'm not entirely opposed to that. I think there's a certain ripple effect that you can show through how violence spreads like a virus. But in the end, I don't think that the answer to any of this is going to be any sort of woke fiction. I don't think being self-referential or even metatextual about acknowledging the difficulties of having a world in which such actions are able to occur at a regular basis is actually the solution to the problem. You see, the partisanship is the problem. It's the groups of people that say, well, that's violent fiction, ergo it is bad, ergo you are bad for writing, enjoying, or participating in it in any way, shape, or form. It's that basic partisanship that causes the problem. By trying to be, if you, if I can continue to use the term, woke in our fiction by saying, look, we're acknowledging the problems that exist. We're acknowledging that violence isn't actually the solution to all of our problems, but in this case, it's our last resort. We're actually feeding into a lot of the meta-narratives that we don't want to actually further in the first place. So the best thing for us to do 
is to simply acknowledge what we're doing. Not necessarily in the text, because we don't want to take people out of the experience of the story, but just admit it. I like action scenes. I like watching people fight using the martial arts. I watch wushu competitions on YouTube, because to me, it's akin to dancing. That doesn't make me a bad person for enjoying watching it, and it doesn't make them bad people for creating that in the first place. As long as we actually engage in proper morality and don't feed into the world of hate and incompassion, if that's even a word, and the hyper-partisanship that is the root problem in our society, I don't think it's really an issue, but I might be wrong. And that's where you come in. I would love to know what you think. Down in the show notes, you'll f- or wherever they are in the app you're listening to me on, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CE Dorset and find links to everything that I do on ProjectShadow.com. If you have a dollar that you can pass my way, really would appreciate it. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the community support tab. The difference between the two is the people on Patreon, they occasionally get stuff. And I would like to say thank you to everybody who already does that. And if you have any suggestions for reward tiers over on the Patreon, I would love to hear them because, you know, I'm a podcaster and a writer and I kind of record these shows on the fly so early access isn't a thing, so I would love to know what you all think. (laughs) So let me know on that as well. And thank you to everybody who does already give. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. But if you have any friends that you think would like this show, do share it with them. That helps out immensely. You have no idea. Alrighty, I think that's it. I really would like to hear from you if you have any further thoughts on this topic. And uh, that John Wick episode will happen eventually. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.